This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. How's it going, everyone? This is Ryan Drosty here of TopRowPress.com, and we are here with our WWE TLC post-game show. I'm joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Mr. Kyle Ross, news writer for Top Row Press. Kyle, what did you think of the show? Just at a glance to start here, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. What would you give TLC tonight? Oh, thumbs up for sure. I think that's going to be the consensus tonight. It's kind of interesting going into this little post show that we're doing because last time we did one was survivor series and i knew exactly what we would talk about to start the show what the debate would be what the obvious criticisms of that show were and with this show it's kind of interesting because i have nothing to criticize whatsoever i don't think it was like the greatest show of all time but for a brand only pay-per-view it was really good i think uh, all the right people went over all the booking made sense uh, show was very logical um, everything was given i think the proper amount of time maybe the first two matches seemed kind of brief but um yeah overall i thought it was a clear thumbs up to me yeah i kind of Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought uh, watching the show, I was pretty pleased with the show. And I was kind of surprised, I guess, going in. I thought it was going to be a, a good show. Um, but overall, there's a couple down points. I took some notes here throughout. But overall, I thought it was very, very good, especially, like you said, for a brand-specific show. I thought the main event was unbelievable. Great main event. Um, and some stuff I really liked throughout. Um, so we're just going to kind of go through like we do with the Survivor Series post-show, kind of um, give our thoughts on the matches, the direction uh, the SmackDown brand is headed as we uh, work our way into WrestleMania season. So I don't know, Kyle, if you saw the pre-show or not. I did not. I missed that. I was racing home from a very up-and-down 4 o'clock set of NFL games for yours, truly. (laughs) It was... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the one Tampa Bay Bucks fan living in the Cleveland area will probably never set foot in the Winking Lizard in Cle- here uh, uh, locally in Lakewood again uh, after the treatment to our table game. I actually kind of feel bad in retrospect. I'm a horrible human being, but <laughs> I've just been very angry over the last month or so. Well, well, the Indians and the Cubs, right? Well, that's you know, it's kind of fifth or sixth now on the list, but <laughs> there's some more severe things that have gotten me going. But uh, yeah, this poor guy. There's like one random Tampa Bay Bucks fan. It's it's one of those bars. They have this Sunday ticket, so you watch all the games, and it's kind of the place where um, all non-Browns fans go to watch their team, which I enjoy. It's why I go there. But um, I was rooting vociferously for San Diego today, who I had minus three and a half, and. Like San Diego is so apt to do, they gagged the game away in the second half. And <laughs> I kind of yeah. I got to tell you, as a Bears fan, I also was not very happy today. Even though they won, I was not very pleased that in the suck ball between the Bears and the 49ers, we had to win by 20 points and ruin our chances of moving up in the draft. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's true. That's that's one way to look at it. Yeah, I was going to say you you were upset. I was going to say it was like easily their best game of the year. But yeah, I was. Um, 
you know, the, maybe not as upset as that one poor Tampa Bay guy. He got the hell out of there because I was like just loudly just screaming, like, why would anyone be cheering for Tampa Bay here right now and stuff? So, <laughs> but happier right. times were ahead. Let's uh, get into the show then. So at the pre-show, it was one of those things, like I turned to my wife, I'm like, this is the match where they just threw everyone in there that uh, didn't have a spot on the card. I don't think this match was even advertised ahead of time. Was it? No. Was that's not. Yeah, it was. Check match, yeah. Yeah, it was a 10-man or a five-on-five tag match. So you had Apollo Crews, American Alpha, the Hype Bros, taking on the Vaudevillains, uh, Kurt Hawkins, and the Ascension. Not much to talk about there. Not much of a match. American Alpha was the team that got the fall, though, right? I think I read. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, at least that's good. At least they're still, um, you know, not giving up on them. Yeah, so we had that. A little uh, verklempt at the end of SmackDown. I saw you sent out a tweet. You seemed a little uh, perturbed with the treatment of American Alpha in that (sighs) main event. Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast in the last couple of months and we knew that they were kind of holding off American alpha. Like it seemed like they didn't want to give them the belts too soon. And so they came in and they were pretty hot with the crowd. The crowd was definitely into them. And, uh, they went with the whole Rhino Heath Slater thing. So we were thinking like, okay, they're going to wait. They're going to give the belts to a go between like a heel team and then move, move it finally to American alpha. But, oh my God, they've lost so much steam here in the uh, last couple of months when they came out on SmackDown, it was just like, no, it's just another team. Yeah. It it speaks to, there's a bit of a disconnect between NXT and the main roster. This is not breaking news by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But they're cold right now and they're not necessarily as over as I think they should be. If I'm a guy who had never watched NXT and I see American alpha come out now, you know, not to be rude, but I'm kind of like, yeah, these, you know, these two tools with a towel. <laughs> it's kind of like, I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, I, I have seen them in NXT, obviously, and I think they're a very talented team. Yeah. I hope that the long view in the SmackDown, SmackDown tag division is them getting the titles. But, um, you know, they've done kind of the right things on paper with them. I mean, they put them over in commentary. They don't say anything stupid about them. But, you know, even in the Survivor Series match, they have the Raw teams, you know, kind of um, say nice things about them, which clearly indicates that creative has plans for moving forward. But something's missing right now. And I was thinking about it. And here's a name I'll throw out, a couple names I'll throw out from the past. Remember when Furnace and Crawford got brought into WWE in 97? Mm-hmm. Like, or was it late 96? It was the Survivor Series. They put them over. In that first match, they looked good. They had good matches with Owen and Davey. Everything seemed right on paper, but it never really clicked, even though they were a very good team. And, you know, and they were nowhere near as effective in WWE as they were in Japan. But um, I kind of feel that's where we're at with American Alpha right now. Everyone respects them. They're like, okay, this is a good team, good wrestlers, but there's just nothing to them right now. Yeah. So I, I have no problem actually with the fact that they lost on Tuesday and, they are where they are right now. Well, that leads right into the first match of the pay-per-view show because it was um, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton taking on Rhino and Slater for the tag belts. And um, I didn't write a whole lot of notes down on this match. Uh, obviously, we've got uh, the Wyatt team going over and uh, Bray Wyatt finally getting some gold here in WWE. But uh, it was it was a decent match. I think I gave it about, yeah, Three and a quarter stars. Um, good way to open the show. Solid match. Uh, the crowd was definitely into. I, I guess I think it does freshen up Orton, putting him with the Wyatts. I'm I am kind of a fan of it yes. now, and uh, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. The crowd liked it, so yeah. I think the most notable thing of this match, and it was quick. I think it only went like six minutes. I did. Kind of shocking how short it was, to be honest. Yeah. But, I think the big story here was the crowd clearly uh, believed, correctly so, that Wyatt and Orton were going over. I think everyone anticipated title change here. You know, they weren't going to put Wyatt and Orton in this position if they weren't going over, uh, which is why I was not surprised Tuesday either. Um, Slater and Rhino, it's funny. It felt like 
all right, you could justify them being the first champs because they had a bit of a hot hand initially, but they really didn't do anything with them. They just became kind of a lower level comedy type team. But, you know, they had no real feuds once they were the champions and the skits kind of went away. So th- this was the right decision. Um, and to your point about Orton, you know, everyone at first kind of rolled their eyes, and I was probably in that crowd too. It's like, oh, this is obvious. He's just swerving him. He's he's going to turn on the Wyatts in a couple weeks. But kudos to the creative for kind of stretching this out because it does kind of freshen Randy Orton up. I mean, if they were just to do a a brief, you know, two or three week swerve that everyone saw coming, that does nothing for anyone involved. So, you know, I'd like to see them stretch this out. I think it gives the tag team title some credibility. And I was actually shocked that this was the first time Bray Wyatt has won a title in WWE. We could do a whole show on Bray Wyatt and how badly he's been misused over the years. I was a well, huge Bray Wyatt fan when he first came in. And his act has gotten stale in the last year, no doubt about it. And that's why I like the whole thing with Randy Orton. It's freshening it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it is mind-blowing that he hasn't had gold in the entire run. He's been there several years now. Well, it's funny now, you know, during the first brand extension, I think, wasn't there like a time when I forgot who it was? There was like one guy who had, was the only guy in the roster who had never held a title of some type, kind. I can't remember who it was. But, um, you know, I mean, now, I mean, they're going to, you know, you're going to have more guys winning titles. But, you know, I, I guess it's not that big of a surprise. It's just, um, you know, and, and with Wyatt, we've mentioned this before. He's just that guy on the heel side that is always kind of losing the big feud. So it's nice to see. I mean, this is a good spot for him and Orton right now. And I, I kind of liked the stuff they teased with Luke Harper here, who, you know, they'd kind of subtly been doing the seeds of distrust between him and Orton, which is a good thing. And him and Orton now are kind of on the same page. So, um, yeah, th- this is going well. And what do you do now um, as far as contenders for the Wyatts? Well, I was wondering about American Alpha. The minute they won, I figured that's the logical feud. Yeah, I would agree. So I would agree with that. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, it was it was a short match. Good match, though. Overall, I felt. Will Orton turn on Wyatt before WrestleMania? Hmm. So you thinking that might that might be the WrestleMania match? Maybe. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel if they did that that might get kind of lost in the mania shuffle mm-hmm. like it almost seems that if they waited till after mania you know it, it could be a semi-main on a smackdown pay-per-view and it would feel a lot more important than being like the second match at wrestlemania yeah because with all these title matches yeah. and the part-timers there's not a lot of slots really on wrestlemania as long as that show is oh yeah yeah with the brand split and everything it's mm-hmm. going to be packed top to bottom you know, and just kind of a non-title feud match just gets lost in the shuffle, I think. So yeah. um, I could see maybe them going into Mania as the tag team champions. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. Yeah. Well, it'd be good. Bray Wyatt could use the uh, long run to legitimize himself as a kind of a main event guy and someone maybe they could use in the title picture down the road. And they were cheered for winning, too. I don't know if you picked up on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The crowd loved it as they celebrated in the ring, um, queued up with the music perfectly, the way they reacted as as the different lines in the song came up. I Yeah, I thought the whole scene was was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I said before. The crowd clearly anticipated a title change and they got it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the second match, Nikki Bella and Carmella. Um, not a bad match by any means. Um, actually, I thought it was pretty good, actually. Um, Especially because I maybe I have low expectations for Carmella, but she's been improving a lot over the last uh, few months. Definitely coming into her own in that heel character. And uh, I'll tell you what, I wrote down in my notes here. One of the first things I noticed at the beginning of this match when Nikki Bella came out was she looked almost exactly like Brie. I don't know what it was. Something maybe with her hair, the makeup. They usually, I mean, even though they're twins, they usually look a lot different to me. But like when she came out, I was like, oh my God, she looks just like Brie Bella. 
Yeah, it was I weird. Was to mention you to you. You, you do know they're twins. <laughs> yeah, but like she looked exactly like her in the face. Like they usually look a little bit different. Yeah, she she did kind of have a different look going about her tonight. And uh, yeah, you know, I had no problem with this feud at all. I actually really enjoyed this feud throughout. Um, it's kind of refreshing that they are doing a feud in the women's division that doesn't revolve around the title. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they have fallen into that trap for so long where. You know, the women's division, it's just, all right, you have a champion, you have a number one contender, and no one else is doing anything of relevance. But, um, you know, this was a pretty good feud. Um, it logically built to a no-DQ match. Um, like the first match, it was pretty formulatic. It wasn't very long. I think this only went like seven minutes. But um, it felt like the blow-off, but then they threw that curveball in there with Carmella saying, well, Natty was your attacker at Survivor Series. <sighs> Which and was looked, one of the most predictable things of all time. Yeah, and it almost makes me think that she won't end up being the attacker, Natty. Right? Like she's throwing a curveball. Yeah, because the fact that she came out and said it. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, it would if it does end up being Natty, that's just very anticlimactic. And I just don't think anyone will really care. And, you know, all due respect to Natty, I just think she's not at a level that's going to get people to care really about her storylines. I mean, she's there. She's a good hand for the division, but um, I don't know. I think that, you know, other than the title program here, that's what else is going to be going on in the women's division who attacked Nikki back then. What do you think if it turns out it was Becky Lynch? I thought I wrote that down on my notes here for the, the women's title match, but it seemed like they were hitting at a Becky turn and I wouldn't mind seeing Becky as a heel. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I think I wrote about this um, in the preview on the site. Um, I did it so late, and I was just writing random things. I don't know. I may have just written it randomly to myself, but um, I'll just talk about it here. I think Nikki versus Becky is probably the SmackDown women's title match for Mania. They're clearly the top two stars in the division, in all due respect to Alexa Bliss, who just won the title tonight. Um, And I kind of was like, eh, it'll be interesting how they get there because they're both faces. So, you know, that could kind of be the impetus for it if they choose to turn Becky heel. I got a bone to pick with you on that. Dynamic there. I got a bone to pick with you on that statement. We'll get to that when we get to the to the women's Uh-oh. title match. <laughs> we don't disagree with each other very much on this show, Kyle, but I disagree with that one. I did say in all due respect. <laughs> and we'll by the way, it, it, I, I, what I mean, when I say the two stars, I don't mean the two best workers. I mean the two best two biggest stars yeah so let's see i gave that match two and three quarter stars i thought it was like i said it was better than i expected there was a kind of an awkward spot midway through the match where um carmella gave like a flying head scissors to nikki from the uh, outside nikki was like on the ring apron obviously though nikki can't take like the tumble with her neck and everything but it looked a little bit awkward but other than that it, it was a good match um they got out like the fire extinguisher which went on I a little long that. i liked it but I it went that. on a little long well it was cool because like it kind of just basically led to the finish you know yeah. she just like fire extinguished to the hell out of her and you know hit her yeah. finisher and it was hit the tko and it was over you're right yeah, so afterwards, when um, so Nikki got the win uh, with her new modified rack attack, and then afterwards, you had um, Carmella get on the mic, and like we were talking about the whole Natalia storyline, she said that, uh, you know, you might have thought you got your revenge, but you didn't really get your revenge because it wasn't me that attacked you, it was Natalia. And um, like we said, that was predictable. And then that went right into a commercial with uh, Natalia promoting Kay's jewelry, which was just like awesome. <laughs> great, great planning there. So yeah, a lot of people pointed that out. Although I will say, and this has been talked about before when it first happened, WWE getting Kay's jewelry, jewelers as a sponsor is kind of a coup that should yeah. be commended oh, yeah. for them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't get a lot of high-end sponsors mm-hmm. so you know it, it was a silly segment to be honest like i said i i actually started the show a little bit late uh and i fast forwarded through that entire segment so <laughs> i kind of appreciated them throwing it in there that and i guess there was a proposal later uh that enabled me to kind of catch up um almost live by the time the show ended i think i 
finished five minutes behind, but uh, I appreciated those segments being placed in because they yeah. love to catch up. So let's see. Then we had the IC title ladder match. So this was kind of the start now of a string of matches that were all pretty good, save the Baron Corbin match, which we will get to. But uh, oh, I may have a bone to pick with you there. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I'm still not on the Baron Corbin bandwagon, Kyle. I know you're you're on it full board. I might be leading it. You're leaving it. No, I'm leading it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're definitely a leader in that regard. I'm. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. But uh, yeah, Miz and Ziggler, the Battle of Cleveland, your hometown boys, Kyle. It was a good match. Mm-hmm. Really good match. I gave this four stars. Uh, I wrote yeah, it on a ton of stars. stuff throughout. Yeah, I said right. uh, one of the things I liked early on in the match was the history lesson from our good friend Mauro Ranallo. I did like the fact that he called out the first ladder match in WWE history was Brett and Sean in 1992. Because a lot of times, history has been rewritten where it seems like Razor Sean was like the first ladder match, even though Bret Hart's the guy that brought the ladder match to the WWE, technically. So yeah. I did like that. Yeah, it was on the infamous Smack'em Whack'em Coliseum home videotape. Yep, the same, the same tape that had Bret's first world title win on there i believe which happened in saskatoon at like a house show taping or or it was a tv taping but it was like before the television or something like that yeah that was weird they did two title changes um on live events that because the the rick flair randy savage switch right before that also happened um not on tv right yeah, uh, the Ric Flair, Randy Sapp, where, uh, let's see, this would have been when Savage lost it to Flair. Yeah, when Razor yeah. Ramon interfered. Yeah, yeah I think it was like so. the same deal. Right. Yeah. And, and Vince McMahon, and if I don't know if you remember the story of that, and we're getting way off course here, but like Vince McMahon actually like um, hated the first match they did and just like came down and stopped it. And like they did this angle that wasn't an angle where he's like, they're going to come out and restart later. Because uh, Vince actually hated the match they were doing. Mm-hmm. That's right. I have heard that one. Yeah. But yeah, smack them, yeah. whack them is, I believe, where you can find that very first <laughs> ladder match between Sean and Brett. It's very different from um, the Sean Razor match and that there's no big spots whatsoever. No. Yeah. It's a technical match that it happens to have a ladder in it. So yeah. points tomorrow, Ronaldo, for calling that one out, though. I like that. So yeah, I wrote so that in my notes. But, uh, Moral often tries too hard, but that was a nice tidbit that he threw in there. Because it yeah. was accurate. So overall, it was a really good match. Um, I, you know, the Miz got the win. Um, throughout the match, a couple of things I noted here. Okay. So there was a, yeah, he definitely should have. There was a point in the match where Ziggler had like wedged the ladder between the middle ropes and he did this kind of like springboard out the ladder elbow drop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the announcers went crazy and uh jbl i wrote this in my notes he said reminiscent of hbk flying through the air with grace and i'm thinking like he jumped from like four feet in the air like normally when he does the elbow he's coming off the top right yeah. i mean he he, he was lower than that <laughs> it's kind of like odd i noted that when i was watching like oh my god it's just like sean and i'm like what when Sean came off the ladder, it was the ladder set up in the corner. He climbed all the way to the top and came out with a splash. It was nothing like that at all. If there was one negative on the show, it was the announcing. Yeah. Well, JBL is terrible. I don't know what they're doing with the four-man booth still. Um, if I was moral, I'd be nervous every time Tom Phillips is trotted out there. Yeah. He's the uh, classic like Vince McMahon, stereotypical white guy, plain looking, likes to have him out there. Younger guy. Yes. Basically Vince in the early nineteen eighties. Yeah, I, I got nothing against Tom Phillips for the record, but um he's gotta be up there for a reason, right? Yeah. And I don't know what that reason is, but it, unless if they're grooming him to maybe potentially take Morrow's job. Um, and Otunga is, of course, horrific, but yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I've enjoyed every match Miz and Ziggler have had, though. I mean, I think they've all kind of been in this three and three quarter, four star range. Obviously, the best one was the No Mercy match. I think that one was like four, four and a half more like that was the one who stood out, the one that stood out the most. But every match has been good. Um, 
You do get the feeling this was the last one, though. And as far as contenders for Miz goes, who is on that list right now, in your opinion? I see title contenders. Because they don't have a lot. The SmackDown brand does not have a large mid-card pool to choose from. I hate to say it, and you know this is two heels, but you got to think Baron Corbin's up on the list. Yeah, I just don't see them doing Miz Corbin. Who's going to be like, you know, Joe Blow WWE fans not going to get emotionally invested in that. I think Heath Slater, yeah, who's now no longer a tag team champion, might be an option for that as a guy who, you know, can work a few matches with Miz. He's not going to get the title. Um, where do you go with Miz? Like, what is the Mania program? Are they really going to have Daniel Bryan work a match against Miz? God, they keep building, building it up. Zero. Yeah. During this match, he uh, he used like the, the Brian kicks again, did the yes taunts. The announcers mentioned it again that he he's, uh, you know, mocking Daniel Bryan. So it sure seems like it because uh, why else keep working that angle? Yeah. I mean, they've got to be careful. I mean, I, I think I noted when I did a SmackDown review, when they first started teasing stuff, I'm like, man, if they're not going to do Daniel Bryan versus Miz, they got to be really careful with this stuff because they're clearly making people want to see that match. And they've kept going with it. Full blast, stronger and stronger every week. So, I mean, that's got to be the Mania match, right? Those yeah. two. Yeah. It's got to be. It's Unless sure Bryan like has somebody like wrestle for him, but that's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I thought Miz was great in this match. We've talked a lot about him on the podcast all year, and uh, Miz has been one of the highlighted performers in WWE in 2016. Just the uh, steps forward he's taken as a heel. The whole act with Maurice coming back has been great. Um, he had a great spot in this match where he put the figure four leg lock on yes. around the ladder, which was awesome. I noted that myself. Yeah. He Took was getting cheers, by the way. Something else I noted. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. Just a From little bit. Smarky segment of the crowd as well. This was in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Place was not sold out. I, I did notice some, uh, they did have some of the upper deck seats blacked out. It was not the liveliest crowd, I thought, overall either. This was not your uh, Von Erich crowd in the Sportatorium back in 1983, that's for sure. Or it wasn't even the crowd for that famous uh, 10 man on Raw. Yeah. At the beginning of two, year 2000. <laughs> yeah. The crowd left something to be desired. But hey, by the end, the main event, they were into it. How could yeah, you not? Yeah, be? for sure. I, I wonder if it was just like a case of, you know, they, they seemed appreciative. I mean, they weren't crapping on anything. But I wonder if it was just because the show was, you know, there was no real surprise finishes except for maybe the main event, even though I kind of saw that coming. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was a pretty by the book show, which is, again, intended to be a compliment because so many of these WWE shows we review, it's like, oh, this stupid booking decision. And this show didn't have that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, the wildest crowd, but it wasn't a completely dead one either. Yeah. Uh, another, another good spot Miz had in the match. If you didn't see it, uh, he took Ziggler and like rebounded him off the top rope. It was like a powerbomb spot. So he like springboarded Ziggler like off his back, off the top rope, and then into the ladder in the corner. I thought that was a great, great spot too. Yes, he'd been sort of teasing that move recently and been kind of not executing it well, but he did it well here. Yeah. So good match. Um, in the end, let's see, Miz, uh, he had the low blow on Ziggler. They were both kind of battling it out at the top of the ladders and uh, afterwards Miz like we're talking about the Daniel Bryan angle he dedicated the match to Daniel Bryan so we will see where that goes yes oh I am the camera here right now I'm gonna take a look here let me do my this is a real quality I see you're sporting the uh, Michigan sweatshirt tonight Kyle yeah oh that's another you talk about reasons I'm angry don't get me started about that so some of you are probably listening here on the podcast. You don't see the video, but if you are joining us here on live on YouTube, I am sporting the top rope nation t-shirt supporting our podcast. You can get this at pro wrestling slash top rope press, uh, like the website, top rope press.com. And, uh, 
if you listen to the show, I want to get this out here before we go any, any further. If you can go on iTunes, look up Top Rope Nation, you can leave us a review and subscribe to the show. That will help us out a lot. Uh, we're looking to expand, do more of these webcasts, um, more and more of the like post-game show type things. Um, we got some things in the works. So just give us some feedback, give us some more exposure, get the show out there, and uh, we've got some things coming down the road. So... Uh, I'm support. I'm sporting the Donald Trump double chin, by the way. Oh like. yeah, nice. That well, that's because you got the low camera angle, Kyle. Oh, is that what it is? My camera's actually. I have. I've gone to some means to uh, make my webcam a little bit higher up. Oh, I actually have some textbooks stacked under my computer currently. Oh wow, that's a smart move. <laughs> I, I should just sit on my wife, who's passed out, by the way, on the couch right over here. Maybe that'll help out. <laughs> She's wondering, like, what the hell you're talking about? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Why is my husband over there with headphones on, talking into a microphone about guys wrestling in tights? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I'll tell you what, she does her own thing, so that we. <laughs> she does her own podcast that I question, so that's okay. Every time my wife watches uh, Real Housewives, I tell her, you cannot give me crap about watching pro wrestling. Yeah, she does one about mine, does one about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So, I mean, hey, I got free reign on this thing, man. <laughs> you better hope she's still sleeping over there because she hears you right now. You might be sleeping on the couch tonight, Kyle. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Deep sleeper. No, ch- <laughs> no chance right. she wakes up. Uh, all right. The next match. Baron Corbin, Kyle's hero, the truth, the American hero himself. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Taking on Kalisto in a match where you got a guy half half of Corbin's size trying to fight him off. You got Corbin throwing him into the the ring barriers constantly. Uh, not much of a match. I, my notes say snore. That's all it says. See, I thought this was okay. It was interesting that they gave this more time than they gave either of the first two matches um, because the first two matches had been built up on television a little bit more. Um, you know, JBL didn't do Kalisto, I think, any real favors on commentary. He was kind of giving him a lot of backhanded compliments and subtle burials. But overall, I thought this was easily Baron Corbin's best singles match on the main roster. And he was the right guy to go over here. Uh, and... For a cheers match, which isn't the greatest gimmick match, um, you know, I was there live for a big show Eric Rowan cheers match, which was a real dog. Oh, my. That sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, th- this was a lot better than that. Um, they teased some good comeback face spots for Kalisto, and Kalisto's really good. Uh, I-, I feel bad for him because he's really lost, I think, on this brand. He's a guy who really needs to just be in the cruiserweight division, I think. He's just, otherwise, Vince McMahon's just going to use him as a guy who gets bullied by up-and-coming heels and he's going to lose all the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, right guy goes over here. Um, I got no complaints. So Corbin won, and uh, that leads us to our... This was not a career performance, by the way, from Kalisto, like JBL kept saying. No. Last no. year at TLC, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah where he had the Salida Del Sol off the ladder. Yeah. At that point, God, everyone, including myself, I was thinking this this guy is the next uh, Latino star. Vince McMahon's going to push to take the Rey Mysterio mantle. They've been looking for a long time for someone to take Rey's old spot. And Kalisto had a ton of fanfare at the time and uh, done pretty much nothing with him since. Well, they kind of tried pushing him. Remember, he he feuded with Del Rio for the U.S. title. US title Del yeah. Rio for the U.S. title, but that didn't really go anywhere. No, it, yeah, he wasn't going anywhere in that feud. So he was having good matches, though. But yeah, for not. Yeah, I, I agree. The cruiserweight division, though, that's that's a place he could shine. So I think you'll see that eventually. Um. So the women's title match. All right, here we go. Alexa Bliss, the best thing going in the WWE women's division by far. I tweeted that out last week i think during smackdown i saw that do you disagree or do you agree she's really good i don't know if she's the best <laughs> all-around female performer in the company oh i don't i don't think she's like the best wrestler or anything oh, I'm not, okay yeah i'm not saying she's i'm just saying like all around um you know I, I don't know if i'm ready to go that far but she's very good and she's improving i think it needs to be spoken 
about that she has really benefited from the fact that Eva Marie is gone. Because I yeah. think that she's been given that spot. I think this was not the original plan was for her to beat Becky Lynch and be the champion. I, I just don't think that was the plan. So she's kind of stepped up into the role and she's done very well. And I was not surprised at the title change tonight. By the way, the betting odds, if you followed them, uh, were all spot on for these finishes tonight. I felt like Alexa was going to win just because she has been on this hot streak. She is the freshest thing in the women's division. That's that's one of the big said that she's the best thing going is because she does have this like newness to her, like something about her. Um, the way she's portraying herself as a heel has been awesome. Uh, her promos are the I will say her promos are the best. She is the best women's promo in, in the company right now. In ring, she's getting better and better. Um, but I just feel like Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, they're just they've kind of hit a rut. And uh it's just been the whole it's just been getting a little bit old lately. I don't think they're bad, but I think Alexa's something fresh and interesting, and that's why I think she's the best. Yeah, I'll thing give going. you fresh. Um, you know, I don't think she's on the level of Sasha or Charlotte, but um as an She's better on the mic than both of them, in my opinion. Sasha, yes, for sure. She's better than Sasha on the mic. Sasha's bad on the mic. Yeah. I don't know if she's better than Charlotte on the mic. Charlotte's given bad material sometime, but I think if given good material, she's probably the best in the yeah. as far as uh, in the women, either women's division on the mic in the company. Um, I was not surprised here because the tables match really lends itself to a heel winning because they can kind of do a fluky finish that builds to a rematch. And that's sort of what they did here. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Becky wins the title back at like the Royal Rumble or on TV around that time. I don't think this is going to be a long run for Alexa. Well, to uh, piggyback on what I said about her being the best promo in the company, did you see any of Talking Smack right after the show? I was listening to it as I was setting up. Because Alexa comes out and she talks about winning the title, about her parents being there, the first live event they've been to. She was crying at the desk next to Renee Young and Daniel Bryan. Um and then she went from being like this humbled person, like the real life Alexa Bliss, to all of a sudden transforming into the heel Alexa, where they brought up Becky Lynch. And uh, Alexa's like, I have nothing, I have no reason to be grateful to Becky Lynch. Why are we talking about Becky Lynch? I went out and won the title, et cetera. It was just awesome how she went from like the real life to the character and uh, in just like a split second. See- and uh, I thought that was, that was really good kudos to her for doing that because see i was listening to her kind of give the emotional part of the promo and i was like hey do you want her to be doing this as the new heel champion and then so that's very good that she went there i support that yeah so the match itself was pretty good um like you said she's been getting a lot better in the ring she's still relatively new to wrestling and uh you can tell former gymnast um by the way she works some cool spots throughout the match uh, there was there was an error that I wrote down on my notes, a glaring error. Um, right after Alexa gave Becky a DDT onto uh, like a down table in the corner of the ring. You're going to see this on uh, Botchamania because she turned, they had the camera zoomed in on Alexa and she turned to Becky and she said, are you okay? And it came across like very clearly. So, oh boy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Good eye. Oh boy. Yeah, that's, that's going to be on the latest Botchamania here in a couple of weeks on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought uh, after the match, they're they're clearly hinting at a, a Becky Lynch heel run coming down the line because uh, what she says, she said, I, I don't appreciate you sticking that microphone in my face right now. And then she kind of backed off and tried to be like, good girl, Becky Lynch again. And oh, I'm disappointed in myself for losing the title and, you know, real hard on herself and stuff. But why even do that? unless we're moving towards a heel turn. The only issue I have with Becky turning heel, she's a good face. Yeah, I just think it's the same kind of thing I was saying a minute ago, though. Like, the whole axe just getting a little old. She needs to freshen it up a little bit. Yeah, does she? I mean, is that where we're at in wrestling? That, you know, people are... I mean, she's only been, you know, in this role 
is top face on the SmackDown brand for what four or five months. Right, but she's been a she's been a face for longer than that. Going back yeah, to NXT, that's yeah, that's true. But not I don't always. know. I just feel like uh, her character's lost some steam. I'd like to see her as a heel. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. We'll see. Even but, if it's uh, to put over Nikki Bella. <laughs> yeah, because I I don't see him I don't see him turning Alexa face. So that would make Nikki Bella probably your top baby yeah. face if she turned. So yeah, yeah then and then wouldn't you imagine that the story they're gonna tell is you know Nikki oh, coming back from this surgery to win the title as a baby face? Yeah, I could see that happening for sure. We'll see. I don't know. I yeah, Especially it is kind of John Cena ties the record. <laughs> God. Couple celebrations. A documentary of them going out to dinner and drinking some fancy wine to celebrate their championship victories. They might do more than that. If I was John Cena, I'd be looking to do more than that. I'll tell you that much. Than just drinking fancy wine. I'll tell you that much. Like making her sign a contract to move into your house again. Yeah, I'd be doing a lot more than making con- signing contracts too. <laughs> That's a Total Divas reference. If you guys yeah. don't watch Total Divas, John made Nikki sign a contract to move into his house. Apparently, that's part of the. Could be just the storyline on the show. A lot of that's scripted. So yeah, overall though, I was really happy with that match. I liked it. I I was hoping, as I said on Twitter, I wanted Alexa to go over. She did. So uh, we'll see what happens there with Becky. Then if she does turn heel moving forward, so. Uh, I don't really like tables matches as a general rule. You know, I mentioned a minute ago, I don't really like the chairs matches. What do you think about that? Like, I feel that there haven't been many great tables matches. The finish just always seems so anticlimactic. And uh, the possibility, especially when you got men out there of like accidentally breaking the table over the years, there's been numerous times where guys like they had to ignore that they like cracked through the table a little bit, or it is kind of a fluky match. Yeah. Um, I felt like watching it, Alexa had to win because I'm thinking, how is she even going to go through a table? <laughs> just, just with her size and stature. struggling to pick them up, actually. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure how she could possibly, unless the, the table was really gimmicked, how she would go through the table. So, yeah, she ended up winning. Um, she powerbombed Becky off the ring apron to the outside where they had a, a table set up near the entranceway. So that was your finish. and. Uh, Kyle, after this match, I had to write it down. I usually don't write in my notes like promos or anything. Okay. But they had a they had a promo for 205 Live. And that was interesting because they still advertise it as 205 Live. And it's still going to be after SmackDown this week, which was a colossal failure last week. Yes. yes. Like virtually Probably over half the arena left after SmackDown. And then if you if you flipped on the WWE network, you saw the cruiserweight show and empty seats everywhere, virtually no atmosphere whatsoever, very quiet crowd. You would think the company would learn the lesson. Like this is not going to work. Let's either tape before SmackDown and air it after SmackDown, or possibly um, have the show on live earlier before SmackDown. Why not? It's it's on the network. People can watch it on demand later on uh, if you want to keep the live tag with it. But I thought it was interesting that they are being stubborn with this. You don't think it's going to last very long that they're going to keep the show live after SmackDown because that was horrible last week. Yeah, I often guard against like one week knee jerk reactions, but I think it's pretty clear that there needs to be a one a knee jerk reaction after just one week. There's no no way that they can continue to type tape that show after SmackDown. Otherwise, everyone will just leave every week, and it's going to be really bad. Well, like last week, they were on the East Coast, and uh, so the show goes till 10 p.m. Eastern time. So everyone with their kids, they're not going to stick around for another hour show. They're heading home. That's what they did. Uh, So anyone that works for that company has to know that this is not going to work. Airing it after SmackDown, which is what people buy the tickets for, um, taping it after SmackDown. So I don't know. It was it was mind blowing to me when it, when the promo first started. I didn't know if if it said live or not. So I was watching, waiting for that closing screen. Like, did they remove the live part? Oh, sure enough, two hundred five live, and they advertised it as after SmackDown again. So see how it goes this week. Um, but that brought us to our main event, which uh, 
this match has to be at least I wouldn't give it the title as the best match of the year in WWE, but probably in the running. That's my my first reaction. I don't, I don't know what you thought right offhand, but I thought I was texting some of my friends throughout the match that you guys are missing it if you're not watching it. This, this match was awesome. Off the charts. I gave it four and a half stars. Yeah, it was probably in that range. I, it definitely wasn't the best, but um, eh, it was close. I mean, I could probably name at least five WWE matches that were better than this. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't win, but it's, it's in the running. <clears throat> is what four and a half stars usually means four and a half, four and a quarter. I feel comfortable in that range for this. Yeah. The finish while it was the right finish, maybe brings it down a little bit with Ellsworth. Yeah, I agree. We we were talking about this off air and uh, you knew James Ellsworth is coming out eventually. And it's kind of like this thing hanging there throughout the match, which is just, like I said, a great match throughout. It's like, all right, James Ellsworth has to come out. He didn't take too much away from it. Um, and they, per- they pulled the swerve with him in the end. So he ended up costing Ambrose the win and helping out AJ for whatever reason. That's, that's your reason to turn into SmackDown, uh, this Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, I agree. That kind of took away from it a little bit. Cause it, it was, a it was a great match. How much do you think this is going to be remembered as the AJ Styles ass match? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. I was going to get to that. So uh, yes. if you didn't Very see it, large hole torn in his tight. <laughs> I'm not sure where it happened. So a lot more of AJ Styles than I cared to tonight. I'm not sure where it happened, but I, I did notice throughout. Like at first, I'm thinking, like, does he have something stuck to his tights? Yes, then, that's what I thought at first too. And then I'm like, oh my god, that's his ass. <laughs> yeah. So he had like a couple inch tear on the left side of the back of his tights, just showing his butt cheek throughout. <laughs> <laughs> and it kept getting bigger and bigger. I was like, oh boy, we could be in a lot of trouble. I was wondering like if the ref went to him at any point was like, you got to start working with your back like to the hard cam so we can't see that. He kind of, I don't know if it was just coincidence or what, but every time they did a ladder climb, it seemed like he was opposite side. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. So yeah. it's possible they could have they pointed that out. But uh, <laughs> AJ Styles ass match. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was a match that uh, we'll be seeing highlights of probably all through the week. A lot of good spots throughout. The 450 was incredible. Um, that's, that's the exact spot I texted my friends about. So AJ did a springboard 450 from the ring off the top rope to the outside through tables uh, or one table that uh, Dean Ambrose was laid out on. Freaking amazing spot. Um, one thing I also noticed throughout this match, Kyle, was the fans were more into AJ than Dean. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's kind of not a surprise. AJ Styles is just a bigger star than Dean Ambrose, in all due respect yeah. to Dean Ambrose. I mean, Dean Ambrose has kind of played his role okay in this feud, but AJ is going on to bigger and better things. What they are, I don't know. I th- It's funny. Um, Abby Arthur was kind of talking about, oh, I pray to God this is kind of the end of Miz and Ziggler. I could watch those two work. Um, again, and be a lot happier than I would be if I saw these two work as good as this match was tonight. Um, you know, I kind, I, I kind of want to see AJ work with somebody else besides, uh, Dean. Yeah. Well, do you think they got to turn Dean though? Turn him heel because I feel like Dean Ambrose as a face is just. I've never been a, a huge Ambrose fan. I think the guy can work. I'm just not a fan of the character, and I feel like his entire run as a face has been pretty lackluster. I'd like to see him as a heel. The only problem is they don't have a regular touring baby face on that brand. AJ. Do a double turn? Yeah. I just don't think they're going to do that. They could. I mean, AJ's quite over as a face, but um, I don't see that being the plan in the short term. Yeah. Well, that's why I brought up the, the crowd reaction, though, because he was AJ was noticeably getting far bigger face reaction so why not why not go with the crowd and <laughs> make eight and aj has been one of their top merch sellers too oh yeah so, i mean yeah i mean it, it's funny that they have two baby face heel champions yeah if, i mean if you i mean kevin owens typically gets cheered in his matches too mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be the heel i don't think it's quite to the degree aj is but um it's a similar dynamic with the two yeah. champions well i know that 
at one point AJ was supposed to be a face, like he was supposed to be turning face and the, the heel run was supposed to be kind of a short term thing. So I'll, I'm interested to see if they, they pull the trigger or not. Is it going to be AJ undertaker at the rumble? We talked about that on the show a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I think so. That's, that's what I see happening. It can't st- be AJ versus Ambrose is the rumble title match. right? No, I mean, they need no, something no. a little juicier. I think. Yeah, we speculated on the show. If you haven't heard it, you can go back in the archives on uh, topropepress.com, listen to the old shows. But uh, yeah, we said that AJ Undertaker, possibly with Undertaker going over at the Rumble and uh, leading into Cena Undertaker for the SmackDown title at Mania, which is a match they've been talking about doing for years. And uh, it couldn't happen last year because of the injuries. But if AJ is out of the title program, on SmackDown for going into Mania. What do you do with him? <laughs> yeah, looking at the r- roster, he's got... You don't think he, they'd put him into like an IC title match. No. Uh, he's he's beyond that at that this point. He would work against somebody who comes up from NXT. Nakamura? Oh, Nakamura. Yeah. And they save that for Mania because it kind of satisfies the part of the audience who's like, oh, this is kind of bullshit that AJ is not in the title match. Um, but if you get AJ versus Nakamura um, at a WrestleMania, that's a pretty big deal. Oh, yeah. You'd have the uh, Wrestle Kingdom rematch. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, that's a match that would not get lost in the shuffle as a non-title uh, affair, for sure. Yeah, I could see that. So, uh, let's see. Anything else you got in your notes on that match? I talked a lot about turn them, double turn. Dean's a bad baby face. Um, well, I think this company just sucks at making baby faces, to be honest with you, in a traditional means. That's the problem, though, is they suck at forcing the issue, and then they never go with the natural baby face who's organically getting the face crowd reaction. There's, and which is why a lot of people don't have a problem with what they're doing with Bill Goldberg right now. It's funny that they're doing a pretty good job with him as a baby face, but they don't, they can't do it with anybody else. Yeah. Part well, of it is WWE TV kills you when you're on every week. You just get overexposed and, you know, in that role. Overexposed WWE. Yeah. With their uh, television to cover. Yeah. Eight hours of TV here in the first three days of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, more than that, nine hours if you count uh, 205, and then you can make that 11 or no, 10 hours then with NXT on Wednesday. You know, there used to be though, when you know, we all, we all like, oh man, there's so much, but there used to be even more when it was, you know, when WCW was around. Yeah. If you included all the syndicated programming. Mm-hmm. But I've read some stuff like on, on the early 90s and when the WWF kind of went downhill and in addition to the steroid trial, obviously, um, a lot of people point to overexposure being one of the uh, the problems with the product at the time. Well, the only issue that I'll claim with it is it just makes it more and more of a niche product when you have that much of it going on. Because I think you get to kind of a, I don't know if I want to use the word problem, but it's the issue where people just kind of feel like, if you're just a casual person, ah, I can't keep up with this. There's just too much. It's overwhelming. Screw it. Yeah. Well, how can you get into the product knowing like, okay, in order to keep up with this product, I've got to watch like this many hours of television every week. It is pretty, it's pretty overwhelming. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, three hour raw by itself is a lot. And, you know, last week was one of the few exceptions that it's not been a complete sure to get through. Yeah. But I mean, if somebody were, you know, to ask about raw, I always recommend not watching it live, just kind of maybe starting it late or something like that on DVR. And you can just fast forward through the, you know, the bad parts and watch the highlights. I think two I, weeks ago, I watched the show in like 45 minutes. Cause I just, had, I'd seen the results. Nothing seemed that interesting. I would stop every once in a while. But like, Oh, all right, this is obvious. Just go through Um, last week's was, you know, probably the best besides the first uh, episode post brand split. Yeah, I virtually never watch Raw live, totally live. I almost never start it until an hour into the show off the DVR. Or uh, I don't have Hulu, but I know some people are watching on Hulu. That'd be a better way to 90 minutes. So, uh, yeah, overall, though, top to bottom tonight, 
really good show. I'd recommend checking it out if you didn't see it. Um, there really wasn't when any was like, the last stinker WWE matches. Show? Yeah, when was the last WWE show that like had no real obvious criticism to it? It's been a long yeah. time. Um, yeah, outside of NXT, who I've had some good shows yeah. recently. Yeah, on the main roster, it's been a while. So I was pleasantly surprised tonight. Thumbs yeah, up for WWE. Like, yeah, I feel like the main talking point coming out of most WWE pay-per-views is, ah, I would have done this instead. But yeah. there wasn't any of that. I mean, the guys they put over are clearly the guys they're going to be building around moving forward. And I think they're the right choices in most instances. Mm-hmm. Guys and girls, I should say. Yeah. So, Particularly Baron Corbin. <laughs> well, Corbin couldn't lose to Kalisto. Nobody could have thought that would happen. But no. the day what do you Baron do Corbin Baron? wins the SmackDown world title is the day that I will lose my mind. No, that's not going to happen. What do you do with him, though? Because there's got to be a happy medium. He's not a guy who should be in a world title program, but he's a guy that should be pushed. He's yeah. talking about fresh. He's at least new. I don't, I don't have any problems with him being IC champion eventually. Yeah, I agree. What, what do you do with who do you program him with moving forward? Yeah, I would say Apollo Crews, but he's been kind of damaged goods. Yeah, I, I feel like it's got to be something a little more meaningful. You know, he, yeah. he had that bad feud with Dolph Ziggler um, when he first came to the main roster. I don't want to see that again. Yeah. You know Kane? what Baron Corbin could Remember, add something to? Something with Kane. Uh, I completely forgot about Kane being on. Yeah, Once I could see that. I mean, that, that would not be great matches. Kane has really slowed down. Yeah. He used to be a pretty serviceable big man, but his finest work is behind him, clearly. But I could see... How about this? Put Baron Corbin in the Wyatt family. Eh, he just gets lost in the show. They've got enough there, I think. They don't need him. Yeah. And he's the lone wolf, remember? <laughs> That's true. Ryan, he... Had to scrap all those t-shirts. Yeah, see, he was wearing a wolf t-shirt, by the way. That was crazy. Yeah, remember, he's just, he has no friends. I really liked that promo. This guy, they need to let him cut better promos, too, because he's capable of it. I will concede he has improved quite a bit in the last six months. This was his best match, six right? Months. Tonight? What? Tonight was his best match on the main roster. I have a hard time remembering any of his matches on the main roster, so I'm trying to think, like, I mean, not uh, the, I could the probably give you that. High, but... Yeah, I could probably give you that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they go with Baron Corbin because there's not a lot of options. Yeah, where do you, I mean, and, I think uh, that's it's going to be interesting watching SmackDown because a lot of the matches tonight, Stans, Becky, and Alexa kind of had the feeling of finality to them. And it's like, okay, the winners are going to move in different directions. Um, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, the new tag champions, Miz, AJ, I, I think they did something on Talking Smack right before we started taping where they are going to do an AJ Ellsworth match again, where AJ presumably finally gets his win over James Ellsworth. But that's kind of weird given that Ellsworth helped him. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll have to go watch Talking Smack to see how they're building it. I don't want to criticize something I haven't watched. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, You know, I don't know. And I assume Undertaker's coming for AJ eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. Russo thing, though, where like, you know, it was all a ruse all along and AJ and Ellsworth were in together because that would have made no sense if you watched the TV. Yeah. Well, if Russo was booking, you would have got that for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't really have a whole lot else to say. So I think we're going to wrap this up for tonight. But uh, like we said, again, check out the show if you didn't see it. TLC was a solid effort from WWE. And uh, we mm-hmm. will be back with uh, probably an audio-only podcast here relatively quickly. It's been a while. We've done these uh, webcasts the last two times, and uh, we do we do post the audio. So if you if you miss the webcast or you just want to listen to our beautiful voices again, you can check Bear that out. On top, <laughs> you can check that out on topropepress.com. Um, we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Uh, we are going to be f- the featured podcast, Kyle, on podbean.com, which is where our show is hosted next week. So we got to get some quality content up. Um, I have an idea. That. Yes. I have an idea. All right. I you want to share I, it or I, we're going to talk about it off here? Book. 
for WrestleMania is what we need to do. Okay, let's do that in our next show. Okay. WrestleMania fantasy booking. That'll give me some time to script this out. Yes. So other than that, you guys, uh, check us out at topropepress.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Top Row Press. Um, he is Kyle Ross. I'm Ryan Drosty. We will catch you guys next time. Thanks. <laughs>